you know, in the, in the spirit of uh, the Apostle Paul, when he wrote to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he says, Now about the gifts of the spirits, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be uninformed. That Paul was like, hey, this is a huge component of your life, and I don't want you to be uninformed about it. You need to know what it is, what it isn't, uh, where it comes from, why they come, and all, all of those kinds of things. And so I hope you'll hang in there with us uh, the next couple of weeks as we just dive into this topic uh, about the gifts of the Spirit. So today is really going to be an introduction, an overview uh, kind of thing. And most of the text is coming out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Um, Romans chapter 12 also talks about the gifts, so if you want to write that in your notes, you can uh, use that for reference as well. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4, Paul says there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. And so this is just where we get the understanding. These, these gifts that we're talking about are gifts that come from the Holy Spirit. Okay, it's the Spirit of God who distributes them. Well, before we go any farther, what, what are we talking about when we say a gift from the Spirit? You know, if I find a $100 bill on the sidewalk, is that a gift from the Spirit? Right? Or, or is, is your, your spouse, your loved one, a gift from the Spirit? Uh, you know, this, gifts come in all shape, size, and form. So what do we mean when we say gift? And we'll get a little nerdy here for a minute. The, the original Greek word, you're going to recognize this word for gift, is the word charisma. Okay? And you say, I've heard the word charisma before. Um, that is the Greek word. When you're reading the original language, it says the charisma of the Spirit. So, charisma basically means grace gift. Grace gift. It's a, it is grace empowerment. Okay. What does that mean? A grace gift. Well, because it's grace... Um, it's a gift of grace, uh, we need to understand a few things about it. We need to understand when it's grace, it means it's not earned. So it's important to understand that when a gift from the Holy Spirit is not something you've earned. You didn't, you, God didn't give it to you because you went out and you worked really hard for God and you finally achieved this and God has given it to you. Good job, you're a hard worker, here's this gift. That's not a gift of the Spirit. It's also not a reward. You didn't all of a sudden reach some sort of uh, holy status or righteous living where all of a sudden God says, oh, good boy, good girl, here's a reward, here's a gift for your hard work or for your sustained whatever or a reward. We all know what a reward is. So uh, a gift is, uh, is not earned, nor is it a reward. That's, that's the definition, really, of grace, right? Just like your salvation is a gift of grace. You didn't earn it. It's not a, a reward for something. And when it comes to gifts, you've got to understand, too, uh, you don't go to the gift store and pick out the one you want. Right? It's, a, it's important to understand this. It's a, it's a grace gift from God. Like any gift. And, and we need to... These are really important things to understand that the gifts that the Holy Spirit brings us are not, are not rewards. You can't go out and work really hard to get one. 
And the, the hard part is that a lot of us struggle with is you don't get to choose it either. And this is important for several reasons. Why? Uh, I was, we were chuckling um, uh, last week, Trinity had a fundraiser, and uh, it was a fantastic time, by the way. I encourage you to go to those as often as you can. But um, we were sitting at the table, and one of the people at the table was remarking about how one of the girls up on stage had just this beautiful curly hair, and how she wished so much that she could have curly hair like that girl. And this person had beautiful, long, straight hair. And we just started chuckling about, isn't it human nature how we recognize this awesomeness in somebody else and we wish we had it and we don't ever see the thing that we have is good? And I'll bet you that girl with curly hair is probably like, I wish I had long, straight hair like that girl in the crowd. <laughs> right? It, it, it's just human nature. And it's so true with the gifts as well. Uh, God has gifted us, but we see gifts in other people, and we go, oh, I wish I had that gift. I I wish I could go and get that gift. As if that person earned it, uh, did something for it, like the girl with curly hair. She did nothing. She was born with it. Which is what she has. And it's true when it comes to the gifts. When, When that word charisma, grace, gift... It's, it's, it's an empowerment from God that's a, it's given to us. Um, I have a little note here for just for your, your learning privilege. Uh, the charismatic movement, if you ever heard the word charismatic, the charismatic movement got its name because of, it, of its emphasis and focus on spiritual gifts. So, um, again, just some nerdy, nerdy stuff. I, I just like that stuff. Some people go, oh, I hate it when you talk. And some people, I love it when you talk. And it's like, well, I'm just going to be me and share with you what I like. So let's, let's move on. So this gift of grace, these are, it's, it, keep in mind that a spiritual gift is a gift of grace. Okay? It's not earned. It's not a reward. And you're not out choosing uh, like a smorgasbord buffet of gifts. Like, I'll take that one. I don't want that one. It, um, you don't really have a say in it because we learn this in first. Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11, as he's continuing to talk about these gifts. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one as he determines. Man, was it uh, referencing again to Jim's comments last week, like the, the Burger King mentality. We just don't, we want to have it our way. But we have to keep in mind that the, that's not the Holy, how the Holy Spirit works when it comes to gifts. The Holy Spirit determines which gift or gifts the Holy Spirit's going to give you. You, you, you just, I'm sorry. You can't have it your way. It's just, a, it, it's just, it's just God. Just accept it. So, that's, I just get a, that rubs us the wrong way, doesn't it? And we can get into why, uh, not, I won't do it now because we'll be here a long time. Why does that rub me wrong? Why does that rub you wrong? Just self-reflection. When you're home alone, God, why does it bother me that I can't have it my way? That I have to accept what you've given me? Why is that an issue? Why do I fight inside with that? Instead of celebrate, wow, God's given me this awesome free gift. Anyway, we could... That's a whole nother day. So, uh, 
I think this is, let me back up. All this stuff's important for us to understand because we like to elevate people who are highly gifted. We also like, and that includes ourselves, which is part of the reason why I think we want to choose our gifts, because we want to choose the ones that seem to benefit us the most. Right? Because we look at certain people that have really powerful gifts, and we say, wow, I wish I could do that. They're amazing. Look how they just lay hands on someone and they're healed. Look how they just have this prophetic word and knowledge and things happen. Look at this awesome way they just gather people together and lead them in this amazing movement. Man, those they're highly gifted. I wish I could be gifted. And what we're, what we're, we're not really saying is we want to heal people is we want to say, I want people to see me. I want to be noticed too. And that's honestly where the rub comes from. There's this deep-seated thing within us that wants to be recognized and valued and noticed and those kinds of things. And we, we, want, we want the gifts that discover that. But here's the issue. An individual who is highly gifted, whether that be prophetic, healing, big out front ministry, it does not mean that God loves them more. It doesn't mean that they're more holy or they're more righteous than you or I. It doesn't mean that they're more valuable to God than you are. It also doesn't mean that they are greater in statue, greater in value to each other. They're just received a gift that they didn't earn, that's not a reward. And it's important to keep this in mind because when we elevate people who are highly gifted and we give them platforms and then they fail, all of a sudden we're disappointed like they failed us. They're human. And they receive those gifts not as a reward, not because of their own righteousness. Uh, it was purely a grace gift. Just as the gifts that you possess, you didn't earn you didn't go out and achieve. You didn't do any. God just give him. It's who you are. He gave him to you. And so we shouldn't elevate people who are highly gifted. And if you're highly gifted, you shouldn't assume that somehow you're more valuable or somehow you're greater than or that God loves you more or you're some sort of general in God's army and these are all like little pawns and privates that can be moved around. That's, that's not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is we are all equal people, saved by grace, loved by God, who have been given different responsibilities to do. And he equips you for that responsibility. And we'll get into it later, but Paul's whole analogy about the body of Christ, everybody has to do their responsibility or the whole body doesn't function well. Right? Uh, I don't see Jeff... Jeff here, but we, we commented last week about Jeff uh, breaking his little toe. Right? You ever, you ever broke a little toe? You start realizing how much it affects your whole body when something real little is off. I sliced my thumb a week ago. Man, it, it affected all of me. My, my thumb was throbbing. I was in a foul mood because of it. Like, you walk around, you, you, you bump your finger on something. Oh! Oh my God, you know, you're just like, it wasn't functioning properly. 
I never even think about my thumb until it's not working right. It's the same in the body of Christ. We're all gifted differently. One isn't more important than the other. We'll learn about this more. It's important for us to understand. Another thing that's important for us to understand about gifts, do not confuse gifts of the Spirit with fruit of the Spirit. They're two separate things, okay? The fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, 22 through 23, if you grew up in church and you went to Sunday school or kids' church, you learned about fruit of the Spirit in more interesting ways than we could probably talk about here today. But the fruit of the Spirit is, and you probably could quote it, love, joy, peace, forbearance. Why do they put forbearance? Just patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are fruit of the Spirit. What's the difference? Well, we already said gift is unmerited grace, right? It's just a gift. You don't earn it, all those kinds of things. Fruit is the result of something. So, in Galatians, it tells us this is the fruit of living by the Spirit. I mean, for somebody who, who is uh, growing in their life and in the Spirit and allowing the Spirit to work through them and keeping in step with the Spirit and denying the flesh side of themselves, this fruit begins to grow in their life. They begin to love. They begin to have joy. They begin to have peace. Uh, these are kind of rewards, Man, how I wish, how I wish they were gifts and not fruit. But I've heard people say, God, you're going to have to give me patience. God's not going to give you patience. God's going to send you circumstances in order to grow your patience. But he's not going to just gift you patience. God is not going to gift you love, but he's going to send you circumstances for your love to grow. God is not going to gift you gentleness, but he's going to give you circumstances to help you grow in your gentleness. There's a difference. I would love. I've prayed, Lord, give me the gift of kindness or self-control. How many of us would just love a gift of self-control? Yeah. I know. I just want to give Josh props. Sunday after, uh, not Sunday, I'm sorry, Friday after softball, we went to the best ice cream place on Cape Cod, Somerset Creamery. And he made a commitment uh, in his diet to eat a certain way. And the entire, well, not the entire team, because they all didn't come, but the majority of the team sat around eating huge ice cream sundaes, and he just watched us. Man, it was brutal. I, almost, I, almost, I felt bad for him as I'm like, <laughs> I wish I had self-control too. <laughs> <laughs> but man, Lord, give me the gift of self-control as I'm pounding down a, a peanut butter cup Sunday. He just doesn't give us those, right? He gives us circumstances that we can apply our life in the Spirit and listen to the Spirit and grow in the Spirit so that we, we live lives of that. And it's important for you to understand they're different. Uh, the fruit you grow into, they develop in your life. They're, that, they're the result of, the product of, where a gift is not. It's just a gift. 
So, 1 Corinthians 12, 4 told us that there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. And so, generally, uh, there are two categories of gifts that we, we run into here. Um, and I'm going to read both portions of Scripture to you. Keep in mind that these are not exhaustive lists. They are examples that Paul is writing, one to the Romans, one to the Corinthians. But in Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8, he writes this. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. These gifts are generally lumped with the exception of prophecy into what we'd call natural gifts. Right? We can, we can find generous people outside of the church. We can find people with leadership skills outside of, outside of God, right? We can find people outside of the church who show mercy. These aren't necessarily foreign, unknown, but, but when we come into Christ in the Spirit, all of a sudden you might have not been a generous person, and all of a sudden now you find yourself generous. Just gift. You can find that the new life God has for you, God has changed you, and now you are this. And so there's generally this category of natural gifts, gifts you can find outside of God, but... Um, uh, but are still gifts nonetheless. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10, uh, Paul talks about the second category, so to speak. New, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by the same Spirit to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. This would fall in a category called just spiritual gifts. Really supernatural things. Things that you really can't find in authenticity apart from God. And we'll get, uh, next week we're going to talk a little bit more about spiritual gifts specifically, so I don't want to take up a whole lot of time uh, today to talk about them. We'll visit that next week. But these are just examples of what we mean by gifts. This, this gift of, of prophetic, of knowledge, of discernment, of giving, of leading. Uh, I mean, there's just all these kinds of enablements by God um, to do these things. Which leads us to this, what, why? What's, what's, what's God's purpose in all of this to give us these gifts? Why does God give them to us? Why does God give somebody the ability to do this and another person ability to do that, well, Jesus gave us a parable. He told us, in, and it's recorded in both Matthew 25 and in Luke 19. And it's a very similar parable recorded in each. 
uh, just one focuses a little differently, and I'll explain that. But I'm going to read it to you from Matthew 25. I'll leave you to read Matthew, uh, Luke 19 on your own. But in Matthew 25, starting in verse 14, Jesus is sharing. Do you know what a parable is? A parable is a story, a fictional story, uh, told to convey uh, a point. Um, so there wasn't actually a rich man going on a journey. You know, it, there's a little clause under there, like all of these, like they do at the end of like a Marvel movie. Like these are fictitious characters, not, you know, any real resemblance isn't intentional. So, disclaimer. Matthew 25, 14. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went out at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also, the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I've gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold, Master, he said, I knew, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid. And I went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then shouldn't you have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received back with interest? So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them. Throw that worthless servant outside into Darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. What's the purpose of the story that Jesus, the parable, is telling here? Well, there's lots of stuff. We're not here to, you know, talk about every piece of learning we can get from the parable. With what we're talking about today in the gifts is this, hey, Jesus is talking about I'm giving you a gift. Whether that's a, a bag of gold, a, a talent, a treasure of some, some, uh, uh, some sort. But he's given it so that the servant would use it to expand the master's uh, kingdom or rule or possessions. And that's the purpose of what he's trying to illustrate here. Is like the, the, the gold was the master's and he gave it to the servant to put to work to grow what the, was the master's. And at the end when he came back, the servant had to give an account for how he'd used it. 
And if the servant used it well, he was welcomed to enjoy everything that was the master's. Come enjoy with the master. But the one who didn't use it for the master was, was uh, penalized. The difference between the two is in Matthew, it highlights the different gift sizes. One servant had five, one had two, one had one. In Luke's parable, it focuses on uh, the different yields of the same gift. Every servant got the same. They got one, one talent. And then different servants had different yields of that talent. Some ten, some five, and so forth. The point of the two is the same. That gifts are given to us by God to be used for His glory in the building of His kingdom. That's the purpose of the gifts. The gifts aren't given to us for personal gain or personal pleasure. Now, in the, in the course of using your gift, you may end up, by default, receiving benefit because you're using it for God, and that's what happens. But your focus on how you use it is for God and for His kingdom and His glory. And when we say kingdom, what do we mean? A kingdom is the reign and rule of, of, a, of a king or a ruler. And so the kingdom is the reign and rule of God in the hearts of men and women. So the gifts are to be used for God's glory and to expand the reign and rule in the hearts of men and women, boys and girls. This this parable is confirmed again in 1 Corinthians where we're looking. Chapter 12, verse 7, Paul said, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. It's not given for you personally. It's given for the common good. And then he repeats in chapter 14, verse 12, he says, so it is with you. Since you are eager for gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those that build up the church. So he's saying, hey, excel in building up the church through your gift. And in case you're um, a person who likes to critique Scripture, this isn't just Paul's teaching. Peter says it as well in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So these gifts that God's give us are for the benefit of others in building up the kingdom of God. It's not, it's not to propel your ministry. It's not to elevate you so people see you and look how talented and gifted I am. It's, it's motive from your heart should be to build the kingdom of God. You received something that wasn't yours. You didn't earn it. You didn't, you didn't get a reward for it. You didn't work hard for it. You did nothing. God gave it to you. You use it to expand God's kingdom. And when you meet God face to face, He says, what, what did you do with what I gave you? And you say, God, this is what, this is what we did. And God either goes, let's, let's enjoy heaven together. Our guy goes, not what it was supposed to be for, man. The gift, basically the gift comes with an expectation. It comes with an expectation. It's given freely, but there's an expectation. Let me wrap this up this morning. Everyone who is in Christ has at least 
a gift of grace, if not more. So if you've given your life to Jesus Christ this morning, if you said he's my Lord and Savior and it's my, my desire to follow him and live this new life, uh, you have a gift of grace. At least one. Every time you look, when the encouragement between Peter and Paul, it's like, use the gift you have. He's not saying, if you have a gift, use it. He's, it's, use the gift you have. So, you have a gift. It's given to you by the Holy Spirit. You didn't earn it. You didn't, it's, it's, it's not a reward because you're awesome. Or your lack of having a gift that you were hoping for isn't because you weren't awesome. I put up here, I think I just said it, it's not earned or chosen, and it's to be used for God's purposes. And I know this morning it's like seems very uh, academic this morning. It seems very like uh, learning, like, hey, we're just learning about these gifts. Um, but I want to I want to challenge you now that what's our what's the next step for for you? And uh, Sean, if you want to, uh, if the worship team wants to come up, what what now? So I have a gift. You might not be aware of it. You might be highly aware of it. Um, maybe today, now you have more questions than you got answers today. That would be exciting for me. I'd rather you leave here with a lot of questions. Because this is just the beginning of us talking about it. And, and I want to I make a plug here. If you have questions as it relates to, to the spiritual gifts, the gifts from the Holy Spirit, would you please share those with me? Because I want to know your questions because God always has answers to your questions. And, and I, I would do the research and help you understand. Put it on a, on a connection card, put it in the box, write it on a scrap piece of paper, throw it in the box, email me, text me. Um, it, it, will, it will aid us in this journey. But what now? God wants you to discover your gift. Because this is what I do know. That oftentimes your gift, um, you don't even realize you have it. Because it's just so who you are. It's just a natural thing. And you might think, <clears throat> excuse me, just like uh, to give the example of, of uh, the girls with the hair. This girl's grown up with her hair a certain way the whole time. And other people are like, wow, you have such amazing hair. She's like, it's my hair. Like, it doesn't feel that amazing to me. And it's important for you to discover what those things are that God has gifted you with. Because when you begin to use what God has gifted you with, two things happen. Other people are blessed. They be, they. They may discover God. They may grow in God. They may uh, find healing in God. That something happens. And, and also when you're using your gift, you're most fulfilled. There's a sweet spot in life. And that sweet spot is when you are, when who God has created you to be is, matches what God has created you to do 
and people are being affected by who you are and what you do for the kingdom of God. Man, that, that's, that's a very small sweet spot that the majority of Christendom can't, doesn't seem to be able to find. But it's where we want to live. I want to see you discover the gifts, the way that God has created you, what he has given you. I want to see you discover those things. I want to see you develop those things and then use those things uh, to, and watch God do amazing things through you that you didn't even really think was possible. That's my heart. So I want to challenge you today. The worship team is going to sing a song and give us a time for reflection in how to discover your gifts. And, and I, would, I would tell you, filter three things. First, ask God in prayer to show you. Say, God, would you show me the gift that you've given me or the gifts you've given me? I really would love to put them to use for you. Would you show me? Second, ask people who know you what they see. Because oftentimes the people around you know what you're gifted at and you don't. Like, man, you're really good at... It just seems so easy. And you're like, I thought that was easy for everybody, right? And that's a... That's a telltale right there. Lastly, um, oh, I just said it. What seems to come easy to you that's difficult for others? The others are just surprised by how well you do that. So I want to pray this morning that God would reveal to us how he's gifted us. And that's going to be a continual prayer that God would help us to discover and develop the gifts he's given us. Because he gave us those things for us to do what he asked us to do, to build his kingdom. I'm going to pray, lead us in prayer, and the worship team's going to, going to sing a song to help um, kind of just give you time to reflect on that. And then we'll, um, then we'll go home. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for your Holy Spirit that comes and equips us to live this life. And part of that life is is the gifts that you give us. Gifts you give us to to do the work that you've created for us to do. And Lord, each one of us is different. We don't all have the same gift. Some of us have a few. Some have one. None of that even matters. Lord, I pray this morning that you would help us to discover the gifts that you've placed in us. Lord, show us by your divine providence. Show us through friends and family. Show us as we read your word. Help us to discover these things, Lord. Because it's our intention to to develop those and put them to use so that we can see your kingdom grow. So that we can live in that sweet spot of life where where we're becoming who you've called us to be, but then doing what you've called us to do and just finding that that joy and that fulfillment when those two worlds collide. And so Lord, today we, we pause during while we sing this song to just reflect and give you permission to begin to speak to our hearts and show us how it is that you've created us. Would you show us today, Lord?